when you need to do what you need to do, you just do it. Solid, Solid. sustaining, and successful. successful. You're listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast with your host, Kyle Meads, speech and language pathologist. Listen, learn, and prosper as we share our experience and knowledge so that you can improve your business and your life one podcast at a time. Well, hello everyone. You're listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast. This is episode number five. My name is Kyle Meads and I'll be your host for today's show and I'm a speech and language pathologist since 1993. And after Hurricane Katrina hit through New Orleans, you know, I moved to sunny, dry Tucson, Arizona, and I was just really bummed out. I was really sad about the whole hurricane thing and you know, just having to pick up and start all over from scratch. So I decided to start my own speech therapy private practice. And at that time, when I did start it, I looked online. I remember searching for just anything. And if you listen to my other podcast, you'll hear the same story where I searched for mentors. I searched for help from the Small Business Association. I searched and searched and searched, and I just couldn't find any information designed for speech therapists and speech language pathologists out there who wanted to start their own private practice. So that's what I'm doing in this private practice startup podcast is showing other speech pathologists how to do it correctly. And when I say how to start a private practice, I'm not really talking about just working on the side and seeing one or two patients on the side and making a few bucks here or there. I'm talking about a business that will support you and your family for years to come. I'm talking about employees, paying taxes, paying rent, all those things that a normal brick and mortar business would do. So that's what this podcast is designed to do. And in today's episode, I wanted to share with you the way I started my own brick and mortar business and how I transitioned from seeing people in the community to seeing people in my first office. So that's what I wanted to talk about in today's podcast, how to get that first office. And it's a really kind of a humorous story. For those of you who know me, it's pretty funny. I just wanted to share this whole scenario with you guys. So it'll kind of give you a little bit of an idea on how to kind of ease into that brick and mortar thing. So again, if you go to my other podcast, podcast one and two, you'll hear about how I started seeing people in the community. There was a time when I just couldn't physically drive to all the consumers' homes. So I really got tired of doing that. You know, gas was expensive at the time, and I just didn't have that time available. So what I did was I got online, I think it was Craigslist at the time, and I searched office buildings. And, you know, there was a picture of this pretty building, and a picture of that pretty building, and a picture of this not so pretty building, and a picture of that not so pretty building. And I was thinking, what part of town could I start in? You know, I wanted to be professional and have a nice, comfortable office. So when people would bring their kids or their mom after their stroke, or whomever, when they come to the office, I wanted them to be comfortable and have a nice professional experience. So, you know, in Tucson, we've got this nice part of the town called the Foothills and kind of the center of town. We've got the university and the medical center. And then you've got the south part of town going towards Green Valley, you know, kind of out in the outskirts of town. 
And uh, I wanted to stick close to where I was living because at that time I was living in a two bedroom apartment and, um, you know, I wanted to stay close to the middle of town. I wanted to stay around the University of Arizona, the professionalism of the university. I wanted to stay central because I felt that if I can stay central, I could hit everyone. If people were on the south wanted to drive to us or from people in the north wanted to drive to us and people from the west side and the east side could get to us easily, it would be easily accessible for everyone. So I started looking for business space in the middle of town. And I remember calling a nice, beautiful location. It was called La Paloma. It's a nice resort here in Tucson. And there was an office center there. And I specifically said, hey, do you mind if I come see some office spaces? And they said, well, what do you do? I said, you know, I'm a speech pathologist. I work with kids and I work with adults. And, you know, we see a lot of people. And I wanted to try to get a central location where people could come to the office. And she said, well, this may not be the place for you. Because at that time, you know, it kind of bummed me out. I'm thinking, well, why wouldn't my business fit in your corporate center? And when I really started looking at the other tenants in that area, you know, you had accountants and lawyers and everything else but speech therapists. So my kids, I don't know about your kids that you see in your clinic, but sometimes we get a little bit rowdy. You know, we've got different etiologies that we see, you know, sensory integration, children, autism, language delay, speech delay, voice problems, fluency problems. You know, sometimes kids get rowdy. They get a little bit loud. So I got the feeling that this lady didn't want a bunch of kids running around in their courtyard. So she gave me the number to a wonderful person who really helped us out. She's a local attorney here in town, and she rented us an office suite in her complex. And it was just really nice. It was a nice, beautiful little office. And there was a courtyard kind of inside with trees and skylights. And in the back, she built us a playground. And it was just really nice. There was nice parking in the back. And I had one office. And in that one office, I remember she was so nice and let me borrow furniture. Now, she's a lawyer. And the furniture that I got from her to borrow was law furniture. So I had this big, huge desk. And I remember putting my feet up one day and I even took a picture of this. I'll see if I can find it and put it on this post. But I remember putting my, uh, you know, my blue Converse sneakers up on the desk. I'm like, man, I finally made it. I got my first office and uh, I had my printer over there on the right and my, my little Vonage box on the right and my router on the flickering lights on the right. You know, mind you, uh, these kids love those flashing lights. So every kid came in wanted to grab my router. So it's like, ah, I had to hide that thing. But anyway, I had my first big office. This was my place, you know. And when people came in, there wasn't somebody to greet them. They would walk through the door and then they come into this atrium area with these beautiful skylights and trees and they sat down and they waited their turn. And then I would greet them in the lobby and say, hey, good to see you today. Let's get the treatment going and let's get everything going so we can see your child and or come on in for the evaluation. Did you get the paperwork that I emailed you? And I'd bring them in the office. And again, it's just one big room. And I had the desk there. I'd do the interview and I had the kids down there on the ground there and they were playing with their toys while I was talking to the families and, you know, just got the job done. About three or four months later, 
I just kept growing. You know, the referrals just kept coming in because if you listen to the other podcasts, I'll show you how to get those referrals and market your services in your community and talk to pediatricians. But the referrals just kept coming in. And I was getting a lot of referrals from the website. And again, if you go to the other podcast, you'll learn how I did that. But, you know, we just kept growing. And then I remember Joni, she's an attorney here in town. I said, Joni, you know, I've got one office. I think I could probably hire my first employee now. Do you have any rooms available? Maybe two rooms, you know? So uh, she said, well, let me see what I can do. You know, so-and-so down the hall, they're retiring. So maybe you can have their office. And we had a wonderful child psychologist in our office. His name was Dr. Jerry Day, really super cool guy. He had an office and when he retired, he had that one big room like I was telling you about, but it was a small little waiting room attached to the side. Well, my big head said, well, look, I could take that waiting room and put an assistant in that room, and then I could be in the other room doing treatments at the same time my SLPA, my speech language pathology assistant, was doing treatments in that room. So that was my idea. And when Dr. Day retired, I took their office. So I remember my first office was 500 bucks a month for rent. My second office, Joni gave me a deal and she said, well, how about 800 bucks? So, you know, me being the cautious money guy, I said, I think I can make that happen. So Paid Joni 800 bucks a month, and I had two rooms. Well, I hired Nikki, who's one of the speech therapy assistants at our clinic. She's still there today, one of the first people ever to hang in there with me, and she's awesome. She was seeing people in one little room, and I was seeing people in the other room, and we just made it happen. It was really cool. So we had not one, but two families coming through the door, and they walk in, they go to the atrium, and they see the nice big ficus trees, and the kids are out there. And mind you, you know, there was other people in the office space too. You know, we had programmers who make video games. We had one guy who was an attorney and Joni, the attorney, she's got her corner office. You know, she's top dog. So she's got her spot. And we had an acupuncturist in one of the rooms. And so we had all these people around and here we are, got our speech kids, you know, coming in. And sometimes these kids would yell and scream and they wanted to play with toys. And Sometimes we'd ask them to go outside and, you know, when it wasn't too hot, because in Tucson it's a hundred and gazillion degrees outside, so sometimes the kids could go out to the play area, and sometimes when it's too hot or very cold, the kids would have to stay inside, so it got a little bit loud in that waiting room, and I always felt kind of nervous when the kids would yell and scream, And but, you know, we just kept growing, then I hired another speech-language pathologist assistant, and her name is Amanda, and she's still with us, and she's awesome and does a great job, by the way, and, you know, so here's Nikki and Amanda. We had to get a third room, and I remember Joni gave me, you know, rent of a 1000 bucks. so now we've got three big rooms. I've got my one big square, then two little squares, and then I'm in the one big room, and then Amanda and Nikki are in the other two rooms, and, you know, we're just all working and seeing kids, and it just got crazy. Some of you may remember Schoolhouse Rock, which was a television show on Saturday mornings, and you would see the schoolhouse pumping out sound and energy, and that was us. We were just constantly busy. And then, of course, with the busyness, you know, you had screaming and yelling kids. So before you know it, I knew it would happen. We started to kind of make a little too much noise and kind of ticking people off, you know, like it's not a good idea to have a speech clinic next door to an acupuncturist and massage therapist because 
it just doesn't work. You know, you got your speech kids running around and your autistic kids running around and your sensory integration kids running around. And, you know, we've got families, one kid's coming to speech and you got four or five kids with them and they're all screaming and yelling and going into the bathrooms. That's another thing. Bathrooms, you know, people will tear up your clinic bathrooms. They'll take your toilet paper. They'll throw it everywhere. They'll take your Febreze, all of that stuff. It's just crazy. And I remember finally Joni came to me and she said, you know, I just don't think this is working out. And like, oh, you know, I knew it was coming. But, you know, when you work with kids, it's just part of the job. You know, it gets loud, crazy, screaming, yelling. You know, we just started to tick off a lot of people, the acupuncturist, the lawyer, you know, it's the programmers. I don't think the programmers care. They're always just on their keyboard. So they always work at midnight to 3 a.m. anyway. But, you know, we just really outgrew that space. So, you know, we went from those three rooms and I told Joni, thank you. I cleaned the carpets, made sure everything was perfectly clean when I left. And I got another office right across from TMC, Tucson Medical Center in the Tucson area. There's this medical park. And I remember negotiating a rock bottom rent. So it was from a large company here in town. And we got our first freestanding clinic. And it was so cool because we had our own waiting room where kids could scream, yell, you know, tear up my ficus trees, throw books, rip books, take toys, whatever. I mean, you know how it is. It just happens. It's kids, and it's great to have those kids around. And we had our own waiting room, and we had six offices. And I remember, wow, we had six treatment rooms. It used to be an old radiology practice, and we were able to take that practice and turn it into a speech clinic. And we go to the dollar store and hang cool decorations from the ceiling. So it was just really, really nice. So, you know, that lasted for a while and we were able to see, you know, kids in that office. But the time finally came where we outgrew that office. So we needed more space and the need was so great in the Tucson area that we just had to move again. And I negotiated a three-year lease and this is only after a year, not even a year and a half. So we had to move to another office in the same area. So I talked to the management company and I said, hey, we're simply just growing. Do you have any more space? Or, and this this is where I, I'm pretty good with business, so I said, you know, but I don't have to do anything. I'll just stay here until my lease terms, and then I'll just go somewhere else. No, Kyle, I think we can find something. And the management company brought us around the medical park, and they had three buildings. Two were complete dumps. The third was perfect. It's just this huge gym area. I just saw a gym area, and I saw the same amount of treatment rooms, seven treatment rooms, but just more space. And I said, you know what? This will work. The hospital was so nice. TMC, such wonderful people to work with. They really helped us. They helped us get into this larger space. And I just didn't want to pay the money, but I had to. You know, when you need to do what you need to do, you just do it. And so I took that money and put into this new office. And that's where we are now on Rosemont and uh, Grant right across from TMC. But it's just the progression that our business took to get where we are today. And why am I telling you all this? Because you need to know out there that when you start your private practice, you don't need to go out and buy or rent all this space. Because let's be honest, what if you don't get that patient flow when you want it? You're left holding the bag. And if you're borrowing all that money from the bank, you're going to have to keep making those payments and you're going to be strapped. So you want to grow slowly. You want to grow 
very systematically. And there's nothing wrong with moving a little bit. And I don't know if you guys remember podcast one or two, and I'm talking about, you know, you have your phones with Vonage and your internet. You can take all that with you so your phone number won't change. It'll grow with you. So I wanted to just share the natural progression of our business so those of you out there who are thinking about starting your own speech therapy private practice can see it. You know, and it's okay. Patients can move with you to different locations. They'll be excited for you. Oh, Kyle, look at you're growing again. It's so nice. This is a nice office. I like this one compared to the other one. And you remember when you were working at the attorney's office? It's so much better. You know, our kids can yell and scream and, you know, not get shh by everybody in the office. So that's the natural progression of our business. Hey, if you want, once you post some comments at the bottom, let me know how your business is doing. Let me know what kind of space you have for your private practice. I would love to see how you guys, you know, what kind of buildings you have, what kind of places you lease, what kind of space that you rent. I'd love to see it. Share some information down there on the comments. And always, if you have any questions about speech therapy, private practice, please Go to privateslp.com. You can contact me there. I've got a speak pipe application there. You can leave me a message for the podcast and I'll answer it on the podcast. So if you have any questions about a private practice startup or if you'd like me to work with you, shoot me an email. I'll be more than happy to get back to you. And again, thank you for listening to the podcast. And I would really appreciate some five-star ratings from you all. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast. For more information on Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup or to stay connected with Kyle, please visit privateslp.com.